Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Welcome to Gateway. My name is Isaac, and uh, I'm one of our pastors here, and I'm thankful that I get to be with you today. Uh, Today we are uh, not continuing the series that uh, Pastor Preston kicked off last week. We're going to be off topic today. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Mark chapter 4. And uh, as Preston would also say, uh, you can go ahead and put a marker in Psalm 46. Uh, Mark chapter 4 and Psalm 46. That's where we're going to spend most of our time today. If you're new, we're glad you're here. Uh, We would love to connect with you, and uh, we love meeting new people here at Gateway, and I hope you've experienced that already. Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to where we're going to start. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. The Bible says this. On the same day when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him, Jesus, along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But when he was in the stern, but he was in the stern, Jesus, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who could this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Some other translations say, and they were amazed at who this could be, that the wind and the waves obey him. Psalm 46, verse 10, it says this, be still. Everybody say, be still. Come on, say it with a little bit more energy than that. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I want to talk for the next few minutes uh, from this title. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Let's pray and then we'll jump in. God, I thank you so much for your presence. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you have come to encounter us. I thank you that... In experience is not what we search for in these moments, but an encounter with you that leaves us different than we ever came in. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you desire this morning to speak to each and every one of us. I pray that we would be still, that we would be silent, that we might hear what it is that you have for us to hear today. God, that we would leave a little bit different than when we came in, a little bit more encouraged, a little bit more uh, in love with you, a little bit more aware of your character and your nature and your proximity in our life than we did when we came in. God, we love you. We worship you today in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Um, So my youngest is nine months old, and uh, she's starting to eat solid foods now. Okay, parents, you... Uh, you remember when when your children were feeding a baby? Anybody, you fed a baby before? Okay, you, you laugh and you snicker because you know kind of like how chaos and chaotic and, and that, that can be. 
um, she's beginning to eat solid foods. And so it's, it, for those of you that you know, don't have kids, younger people, um, here's, here's what happens. We take food that looks really good and we smash it up so it looks horrible and then we give it to our children, okay? Um, so she's eating avocados now. She's eating bananas now. And um, one of the things that you got to know about me is I hate messes, okay? In fact, I've, I believe I've said this before, but I carry extra clothes in my car just in case I get a stain on my shirt. I can change because I cannot stand like any sort of stain or dirty net. Like I just, I don't like it. It gives me anxiety. I start to freak out, okay? Uh, so I always have uh, some extra clothes in my car just in case something happens, um, and so feeding a child, you can understand that generally tends to uh, make me just a little uneasy, you know? Um, we've been feeding her some solid foods, and, and you know, it's, it's really nice. Like, I, I would really love if a nine-month-old would understand the concept of a spoon. I would really love if a child would understand that a napkin is for taking care of the mess, not smearing it around and making it worse, right? Like... But so we've been feeding her, and, and how many of you know you've fed a kid before? Um, it starts out really nice, right? You start out, you're feeding them a little bit of avocado, a little bit of, little bit of this, a little bit of that, and all of a sudden, um, without any warning at all, you turn around, and all of, they are green because it's all over them, right? That, that actually feeding a child, uh, feeding an infant, tends to also just like say that it's also going to be bath time immediately after. Okay, and it, it gets out of hand really quickly, right? Do you, do you have anything in your life uh, that, that maybe has gotten out of hand very fast, freaked out? Like when I, when I am feeding my nine-month-old, um, it is, and then it gets even worse if I try to let Soraya four feed her, right? Like that's just setting myself up for failure. And uh, it, gets, it gets out of hand really fast. But have you ever, have you ever noticed that that it's not really just with children that things can tend to get out of hand really fast, can kind of turn to spiral out of control a lot quicker than you anticipate. Uh, but really, life has a way of teaching us at a very young age uh, that it does not really care uh, what our desires are. It tends to turn pretty quickly. Have you noticed this in your life that maybe over the course of the last couple of years, there have been some things that, that have turned pretty quickly, almost without warning, right? Like, like my nine-month-old doesn't say, hey, dad, heads up, I'm going to wipe this under my neck. Uh, hey, dad, heads up, I'm going to just pour this down my shirt, if that's cool with you. Like, they, there's no warning whatsoever, and in life, there, there really is no warning, is there? There's no warning that says, hey, heads up, six months from now, that job that you have, you're so blessed by, it, it's probably not going to be here anymore. There's no warning that says, hey, your kid is going off to college and heads up, they're going to be going through some things that you're not prepared for soon. There really isn't, isn't any warning, is there? And, and what, what, what happens? What do we do, generally speaking, when things get out of control really fast, right? Hopefully, hopefully by now you have begun to kind of identify what in your life, maybe right now, maybe recently, has gotten out of control really fast, something that maybe you're walking through even right now that has gotten out of control pretty quickly, that has turned without any warning whatsoever. But we tend to get anxious then, don't we? We, we tend to get, get, get fearful, and we begin to scramble to fix it, don't we? Because we love control. 
talked about this before, but we, we love control. And so when things aren't working, we scramble more, don't we? When things aren't, 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 aren't happening, when our children aren't listening, we, our, our tone gets louder, doesn't it? Like that's going to fix it, you know? Like that's what I'm learning with a four-year-old. It's like if I talk louder, that just makes things worse actually. Like that doesn't help, uh, but it makes me feel better, you know? Um, but, but we scramble and we try, to, we try to grab onto things and we try to do everything that we possibly can in our humanity to hold everything together as if we could. We begin to scramble and what generally happens, right? When you double down, when you uh, just try to control even more, we generally make matters Matters worse, don't we? It, it generally just speeds up the nature of the chaos and it, it generally doesn't, doesn't really help. And, and we start to look around and say, well, nothing is happening in this area. This is happening. And, and this is what we do, right? We say, um, when, when things don't work out in this area, we just say, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just move and figure it out there. I'll, I'll move to a different thing, right? Like, do you have a game plan? Let's just talk about, do you have a game plan in your life for when things don't go as you desire them to go? Do you have a game plan? I would submit to you actually that if you answer no, that's a game plan in and of itself, but it's probably not a good one. But do you have a game plan? Have you ever thought about what you are going to do, how you're going to respond when things take a turn for the worse without any, without any warning whatsoever? We just change jobs though, don't we? Things are, I'll just get another job. I'll just, I'll just get another side hustle. I'll just make more money. As if that will solve the problems that we have. I'll just, I'll just move to a new state. Oh, I'll just, I'll just change relationships. That'll fix it. And we tend to try to scramble to fix and to hold on to what is, what is going on. And, and, and there are two questions generally that I've noticed over the course of my life that when things don't go how I anticipate, uh, that I try to answer whether, whether I know I'm trying to answer these questions or not. And one, it's how. How am I going to make it through this? That job that was a blessing that is now gone, how am I going to make it now? How, how is my child going to be now that they have left my home and, and now I can't, I'm not there every day. How, how are we going to make it? How are they going to make it? How is this going to happen? How is this going to work out? And the second question that we tend to ask is why? Why is this happening? Why did this happen to me? God, why would you give me that job and then only, to, only for it to be gone six months later? God, why would you bless us with that house only for that job to fall through six months later? God, why would you move me to this new city? God, why would you bring that person into my life? God, why would you, if it was going to be gone in a moment? God, why wouldn't you give me a heads up? Why wouldn't you let me know this was, this was coming? You know what I've realized is we tend to Again, scramble and grab on and do everything we can in our power to hold on to things. But the reality is, is that if we don't like the results that we're seeing, it's probably time to adjust the patterns that we're walking in. And maybe the patterns that we've allowed or patterns that we've adapted. But if I don't like the results I'm seeing, it's generally a condition of the, it's, it's the, it's the I need to adjust the patterns that I have in my life. The patterns that, that are me holding on to everything or or whatever. We're good at performing. We're good at putting on a show saying everything is going really, really well, only to realize that everything is falling apart on the inside. And Jesus, in Mark chapter 4, says something that 
seems to be very simple, seems to be very easy, but, but is not. He says, be still. And all of us said, cool, God, thanks. That's what I needed. That helps. Got it. Now I'm good, right? Like that's, that's your response to him saying that, right? No, it's hard. It's, it's hard. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel easy to be still. God, everything is falling apart around me. Don't you realize what is going on? Don't you realize what has happened? God, I, I get like when, when you were walking the earth, like that was a little easier, but like it's 2022. Like, have you been here recently? Like this is, this is, this isn't what you desired. I think like this is, this is different. It's, it's difficult. It's hard. And, and, and it's hard to slow down. It's hard to stop. It's hard to give over control. It's hard to, hear me. the statistics say that every three minutes you're presented with a distraction. Some of, some of us, even right now in this room are tempted, are distracted to start a grocery list. And if your spouse is doing it, don't call them out now, but we are. Some of us right now, it's 9.38. Some of us right now are tempted to check our fantasy football roster to make sure that everybody's playing today. Some of us are tempted and distracted to possibly because stillness is not, doesn't seem natural in the world that we live in today. Stillness seems actually like the furthest thing from possible in our life. Stillness, oh, it would be great, but I've kind of let that ship sail. God, I get stillness is where you desire for me to live and how you desire for me to operate. But God, it, that's easier said than done, right? God, it would be great, but kind of giving up on stillness at this point, And I'm just hanging on by a thread, trying to make it through this. I love what R.T. Kendall says. He says this as it relates to the promises of God in our striving. He says this, through faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God. Not by your striving, not by your production, not by your side hustle, not by your extra hours you're giving, not by your manipulation of the situation, not by any of your own doing, but simply by your faith in him and patience, stillness, letting God be God and recognizing that I am not. And in Mark chapter four, it's interesting that while Jesus, while the disciples are striving, while the disciples are freaking out, while the disciples are wondering what in the world is going on, Jesus is sleeping. So you need to understand today that while you're striving to make things happen in your life, Jesus is sleeping knowing he's already got it under control. That he is already aware of it. That he is already actually more concerned about it than you and that's why he's being God and doing what he does and Desiring that you would actually engage in stillness of soul and of spirit with him. Mark chapter 4, the disciples are, are on, this, on this boat and, and the Bible says they're, they're in Galilee and it's not abnormal for, for this body of water to have fierce storms. But it is obvious that this storm seems to be a little bit different. This storm did not give a heads up. This storm is much like the storms in Arizona, right? Like they don't say, heads up, we're coming. They just show up, right? And then you're like, oh man, like there goes all of my backyard furniture, you know? <laughs> like there's no heads up where you could tie stuff down. It just, it just pops out of nowhere, much like life does. And the disciples are afraid. They are overwhelmed. They are worried. And, and yet they, 
they have the skills in order to navigate this. They have the skills. They, they, they know what to do, but, but they're worried. And we find that Jesus is sleeping. And the disciples run to Jesus and they say what you and I have said more than a dozen times in our life. I can almost guarantee it. We would never tell anybody and we would never raise our hands in church to say we've said it. But they run to Jesus and say, God, do you even care? You ever said that before? You ever felt that way before? Jesus, do you even understand what I'm walking through right now? God, do you even get what is going on? God, like, thank you for taking care of tomorrow, but my today kind of needs you right now, right this minute in this way. You ever found yourself questioning whether God was actually present or cared about your life, about your situation, about that relationship, about that job? Only to find that it seems like he's sleeping while you're struggling. Yeah. We've all been there. Probably all been there more in the last week than we would care to admit. Because it's kind of a part of doing life because life doesn't give us a heads up. And Jesus comes to them and he says, be still. To which we would respond, I would love to. <laughs> like I really would. God, I'm trying God, don't you see all the things I'm doing so that I can be still later? God, don't you see all of the, th like, don't you see I added a second job? Don't you see I moved to a new place? God, don't you see I call my kid every single day now to make sure that they're not doing the things that I've trained them their whole life not to do? God, don't you see all of the extra effort that I'm putting forward? God, don't you see all of the extra time I'm spending in your word? Don't you see all of the stuff that I am doing to which God is saying, that's, that's the, the problem. See, because while we're so focused and concerned about the storms around us, he understands that it's actually the storm within us that has the potential to cause the most danger. But yet it's often the one that we neglect. It's the one we don't care to admit is there. It's the one that we don't want to allow anybody else to see. So we strive more. We produce more. We, God, it doesn't seem like you're really doing what you should be doing in this situation. So like, I got it now. And there's, there's a quietness because we've, we've been there. Though we want stillness, it seems impossible. Seems impossible. I want to give you three reasons why the disciples should have been able to be still. Three reasons why the disciples should have been able to still. The first one is they had a promise. Jesus literally told them, hey, we're going to the other side. Hey, we will not be here. We will be there. Some of you need to understand today and need to remember, and may I just remind you that Jesus generally means what he says. God generally means what he says, and I don't mean that to be sarcastic. I mean that to be as encouraging as possible because some of us have the, have the tendency to believe that God talks the way that my dad talked or my mom talked or my brothers talked or that person in my relationship talked, that some of us have the tendency to believe that God is passive-aggressive, that he's not actually going to say what he means, but he's going to try to manipulate us to get there. And you've just got to know and trust today that when he says, you are my child, I care about you, I made you, you're a masterpiece I created, I am with you, he means it. That he is actually with you and he means what he 
says. You can take him at his word, though those around you may not, you may not be able to do the same at the same level. You can trust and know that when God speaks, you can take him at his word. Second reason that they should have been able to, to be still, as Jesus asked them to, is that Jesus was with them. And we're reminded once again that he is actually closer than we think. That Jesus is with you. That his presence is with you. How, how would it change your life if you noticed that when you went to work, if you actually were aware that God of all of heaven and on earth, God who created everything goes with you? Oh, it seems trivial. It seems, seems simple. It seems like, okay, cool, got it. But you got to understand the teachings of Jesus are not designed to make us respond with, cool, got it, check. I know that already. They're designed and they're, they're there to bring us to the end of ourselves and realize that without him, I am nothing. Without him, I have nothing. Without him, I can do and produce nothing in my life. Life. Our response to Jesus saying, peace be still, ought not be. Okay, cool, got it. Next thing, God. But it should cause us to look around and say, though that's what I want, God, I need your help. God, God I, I feel like I've done everything I possibly can in order to, hear me, produce peace in my life. Only to realize stillness is my job, peace is his. But so often we forget how close Jesus really is. How would it change your relationships, your home, if you actually began to look around and notice that he's with you, he's close, he's not far. And he's not close because you do good. He's not close because you read your Bible every day this week. He's not close because you listen to worship on your way to church because you want a little extra. He's not close because your bank account looks good and things seem to be going well. He's close because you're his son and his daughter and he made you and he's not trivial like that. He's close. And the third reason that they should have been able to be still is because he was still and at peace. Some of us still at this stage of our life Thing, myself included, and I'm kind of speaking to myself a lot here today, but he's, some of us have a tendency to believe that God is just as shocked that we are as the situations that we're in. And it causes us to frantically try to pursue peace in a way that God never designed us to pursue it, doesn't it? We get into trouble or something happens and comes out of nowhere and we begin to scramble because we think that God is shocked. And do you see the, do you see the, the way the disciples responded to Jesus? And I think that this is just interesting. It's something I just want to submit to you. And it, it kind of was like a gut punch to me. But, but I felt like the Lord, as I was reading this and as I was preparing this past week, the Lord said like, Isaac, would you rather me respond how you respond? Or would you like to respond how I respond? And I'm like, ah, oh, actually you're right, but I don't, that's not like it would help, you know, if you freaked out a little bit, you know? <laughs> or we think it would, don't we? Like, God, can't you just be mad with me? Can't you just be, it's like, I actually really don't want that. What I actually, like, what frustrates me sometimes about the way that God responds is because, I, like, I, it kind of would make me feel better if he freaked out too. But then in, if I were to be honest, like, I don't want that. 
the disciples go like, God, don't you even care? God, like, do you, Jesus, do you see what is happening? And he's like, yeah, but I was kind of trying to show you the way I've created you. I was kind of actually trying to show you and model for you that which I have extended to you. And that is the opportunity to live and to walk in peace despite what is going on around you. I was actually trying to model for you the stillness that I would like you to be able to to experience and and yet so often we would feel better wouldn't we if God just freaked out or so we think but it doesn't it doesn't work that way it doesn't it wouldn't actually it wouldn't actually help and let's define be still and then I want to give you some practical ways that we can actually walk in this okay be still uh, the, the interesting thing is, is actually the, the word used for be still in, in Psalm 4610 uh, is actually a phrase. And uh, we'll, we'll get to it here in just a second, but it actually means enough. Stop. Cease. Quit it. Please no more. It actually means enough is enough. Dictionary would define it like this, to become motionless or silent. Two things that seem impossible in the world that we live in today. And hear me, we're not talking about your Sabbath rest today. I'm not talking about living a more contemplative life. I'm not talking about about being more in tune with the universe and the nature around me. No, I'm talking about coming to the end of ourselves and realizing that no matter how much I try to produce in my life, it is all void. It is all a vapor, and only he is God and in control. No matter how good I am at fill in the blank, he's better. No matter how much I care about fill in the blank, he cares more. No matter how much I am trying to produce in this area of my life, he has been working nonstop in those same areas, most likely more than I have. Bible says his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. Be still. Be still. You know you can be still today. I know many of us, the Bible says actually cast all your cares, cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. And one of the things that I would like to just encourage and submit to you today is that, that that the reality is, and what I'm not saying today is here's your three, four, five step plan to never experiencing anxiety again, again because that's not possible. I'm not a doctor. I am not ever going to tell you that. However, scripture says that stillness is actually possible for you and I in spite of everything going on around you, in spite of the issues that you're facing, in spite of the challenges that you're facing with your kids, in spite of the job situation that seems to be overwhelming you. Right? One of the questions that we could ask right now is like, how are you sleeping? How are you, do you find it's, it's easy to sleep or do you find that because we're, but stillness is, is possible. Stillness is possible. And so I want to give you a couple things um, practically, how, how to make this practically come in your life because God doesn't ask you to find this on your own. This is not a where's Waldo search. Okay, this is not a let's see if you can figure this out on your own. No, I think, it's, I think it is imperative that we realize. Look at, look at if we can go back uh, to the verse. I know I'm kind of jumping. Psalm 46, Psalm, or uh, excuse me, Mark 4. The Bible says this. Then, uh, uh, now when they had left the multitude, they took him, Jesus. Now watch this, okay? They took him, Jesus, along in the boat as he was. Next verse. 
other little boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat it so that it was already filled. But he was in the stern, asleep on the boat. As they took him as he was, he was already modeling for them the way that he actually had created and hoped that they would be able to walk through life. Still, resting, sleep, knowing, trusting that God is God and he is in control. Psalm 23, look at Psalm 23 really quick. I love this, I love this verse, but again, I saw something different this past week. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside what? Still waters. Why? Why? That we might see that it is possible and see where he desires that we in our soul are able to rest. It says, Isaac, I don't ask you to just produce this on your own. I don't ask you to find this on your own. In fact, I am actually leading you, holding your hand, walking you through, showing you what it could be like for you if you just allowed me to be who I am. And you were still. It's possible today. For some of us, it doesn't seem very possible, but it is to be still and know that he is God. First thing is this, if we're gonna be still, we must silence all the noise. Silence all the noise. Some of us are having a hard time even even recognizing and believing that stillness is possible because you're hearing it through the lens of your 2022 life coach. You're hearing it through the lens of that football coach that you had back in high school that says, be still. Hey, figure it out. Hey, no, get your butt down. Hey, just get, hey, field the ball, right? Like get out in front, like yelling. I remember my dad when I was, when I was in high school, when I was, in, when I was young, my dad used to, I kid you not, my dad is an awesome guy. Okay, I want to I wanna preface that. Dad is an awesome guy. Uh, in fact, recently he came to me and he goes, Isaac, hey, I just want to apologize for this. Like, and I'm like, Dad, like, it made me a better baseball player. Like, it was great. Um, but I kid you not, he would stand, I, I would go and he would put me up against a wall, like a brick wall. It was in Georgia, and so all the houses are made of brick. And so I get in front of this brick wall, and he would like, be like 20, 30 feet away, and he would just hit like rockets at me, right? So I couldn't go anywhere, you know? It's like the wall's behind me. So I just had to stand in front of it and field it. You know what I mean? And so like, sometimes, like some of you are laughing like, wow, that is, that, is, that is sad, you know? It's like, yeah, but like it made me a better baseball player, you know? And, but I remember, and, and I, I kid you not, I remember this as I was doing this because he apologized for this like a couple weeks ago when we were in Georgia. I'm like, dad, it's fine. Like it's not a big deal. Um, but he would stand in front of me and he would just hit rockets at me, right? I'd be like, get your butt down, son. Like, feel it like a man. Like, get in front of it. Like, take it off the chest, you know? Like, and I'm like, oh, this hurts. <laughs> you know? But some of us, when we hear God say, be still, we're like, see, that, I'm trying. And it's, it's, it seems impossible to feel like it is, it is, it, like, that you could actually do it. But hear me, he's not screaming at you. He's not mad at you. He's not frustrated that you're not still. Hear it as, a, as like the voice of a loving father holding your hand, taking you, saying, hey, see, see, see the water? Like, that's, that's what I want for you. Hey, like, you know that's possible. Hey, like, like hey, look at me. Look, look at me. Focus on me. I, I want to show you what stillness is. And if we're going to be still, we first have to silence all, all the noise. In 
in First Kings, the Bible tells us the story of the Bible tells, tells us the story of Elijah, and he's going up on this mountain, and, and the Bible gives three different illustrations of like God wasn't he wasn't in the wind, he wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in in the clouds, but he was in the still small voice. It was that still small voice that he could only hear when he got away. Mountain. Scripture tells us throughout all of Scripture that Jesus would withdraw. He would get away to a solitary place, to a silent place that he might hear. One of the most beautiful things that has happened in our world today is Apple coming out with the do not disturb function on your phone. Because for some of us, that is like, like for some of us, that's more discipleship than we've submitted ourselves to in a long time. And I'm not trying to like command anybody. I'm just saying like, like, to be honest, like that, Apple is discipling a generation right now to, to silence some things in our life. And hear me, if you and I are going to get through and cut through all of everything that's going on and find stillness in a chaotic and crazy world, we are going to have to silence all the noise. Silence the noise. The second thing is this, take a deep breath. You want to experience stillness? Take a deep breath. Silence the noise, take a deep breath. Look at Job chapter 30, 33, verse four. The spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. Such a powerful scripture that even the very breath that you just inhaled and exhaled wasn't your doing. Once again, the teachings of Jesus are to bring us to the end of ourselves that we might realize we need God. We are not God and he is Every breath that we breathe is a reminder of who we come from, who we know, and who has made us. When was the last time you found yourself able to Has it been months? Has it been weeks? I feel like every time you take a deep breath, you end up like, how easy is it for you? to silence the noise and take a, take a deep breath. The next thing, this, if we're going to experience the stillness, what I feel like Jesus models and shows us is that we have to invite God in. Invite God in. Psalm 139, verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. This looks like that one area of your life that you felt like you've had it under control this entire time, this, this looks like letting him speak into those things too. That business, that child, that move, that job decision, whatever the case may be, we all have those areas. Don't like, don't, let's not like play church today. We all have those areas, like myself included, where it's like, we've got all of these things, but it's like, God, like I, Kind of, I, I would like to handle that part. But hear me, if we're going to actually experience the stillness that God desires for us to be able to experience in a chaotic and crazy world, he has to be invited into it all. Able to speak into all of it. Able to lead all of it. That it actually must be in his hands and not ours. Next thing is this. If we're going to be still, we must listen, listen Listen, James chapter one, verse 19 says this, understand this brothers and sisters, you must all be what? Quick 
to listen. And you did it right. Like quick to listen, slow to speak. That was slow to speak right there. <laughs> quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. But we talk so much and we try to fix so much, don't we? We try to produce and manufacture and God, I got it. And actually the peace that we ought to receive from the Lord in our stillness, we try to produce on our own and therefore make things worse. And the last thing, if we're going to experience the stillness that he has for us, we must let go. We must let go. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your fears upon him, for he cares for you. Hear me, though anxiety is common in our world today, it does not have to be normal in your life. I know that there are things that are going on and I know that I am not a doctor in any way and I'm not trying to say like if you just do this, it'll fix everything. No, but I do, what I am trying to say today is that God would like to grab you by the hand and lead you into a place that you might begin to experience that which you've always wanted to but never been able to produce on your own. But if so, we're going to have to let go to let go of that child, to let go of that job, to let go of that move, to let go of that decision, to let go of that financial pressure we put on ourselves, to let go of that relationship and say, God, I'm trusting you. God, I've done all I can. I cannot do anymore. God, I need you. I recognize that I am not God and I need you. And hear me, I know that that's easier said than done. One of the things that I felt like the Lord showed me this past this past week, once again, is that he doesn't ask us to do that on our own. But in fact, he says, will you hold my hand? Will you trust me? Walk with me. I want to show you. I want to show you some still waters. I know that this is all, but can I show you? He's not saying, figure it out. He's not saying, hey, come on. We've talked about this. You've been in church too long to be struggling with this still hey, come on, like, I'm God, you're not, like, you should know that by now. Like, that's not how he's saying, can I, son, daughter, can I lead you? Enough is enough. A father looking at his child, struggling with the same thing over, not saying figure it out, not saying be better, but saying, hey, will you hold my hand? Will you trust me? Will you let me lead you and show you some still waters? And I felt like as I was preparing this, the Lord said, hey, Isaac, like, look at that for a second. If we could put the acronym up on the screen for a second. Acronym is still, be still. This is what stillness looks like. This is how we can enter into a place of stillness. Is it the only way? No. But is it a way? Yes. Look at this. I felt like the Lord said, Isaac, okay, let's silence the noise. Okay, take a deep breath. Isaac, invite, let me into that area that you're afraid to let anybody else into. Let me into that area that you seem to try to be fixing on your own, okay? Okay, uh, God, like, help me, please. I need you in this area. Okay, cool. Listen, okay. Now let go. But God, I can't. I can't. Have you ever said that? Have you ever stood up? Have you ever sat there and heard the pastor say, hey, let go, give it to the Lord. And you're like, what does that even look like? How do I even do that? I've tried. I've tried giving away, but it just seemed like I can't 
Like it just seems to keep coming back. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, okay, okay. So let's go back to the beginning. It's all right. Hey, it's all right. I'm on the journey with you. You're not by yourself. I'm here with you. Let's go back to the beginning. Okay, let's silence some of the noise that's coming into your life. Silence the noise that says you have to be worried about this. Silence some, okay, great. Here, let's take a deep breath. Let's invite me into that area. Let's listen. Okay, now let's let go. I can. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. And I wonder how much easier and better it may be for us if we recognize that when we try to let go and we can't, God's not mad at us for doing so. But he says, hey, good try. But I still have this for you. So can we try it again? And I wonder today for you if the peace that you've been searching for may be on the other side of you trying again and saying, you know what, enough is enough. God, I'm ready to let you give to me what I can't produce for myself while I try to be still. Stillness is one of the hardest places to get, but it's one of the easiest places to stay. Because when I'm there, the Bible says in Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that when I am still, there is more of him that I see, more of him that I know. That actually stillness proves what you know and who you know. And it's available for you today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.